0: Hello everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am Jordan Hall and I am pumped to be joined by the Brooke Destra. We are live at Rivers Casino in Philadelphia. Brooke, it is June and that means the entry draft is going to be here before we know it. But it is June 28, 29. So we've got a little little while away here before we get to the draft. So before we look at Draft prospects, we figured why not look at some prospects already in house for the Flyers? I dig it. The Flyers want to get younger. They got younger last year. They want to get more younger in 23, 24. So we're going to look at three prospects that could surprise, maybe some guys that aren't totally on everyone's radar, um, guys that are kind of below the surface that could catch our attention. So let's get into it. We'll go from three to one. Who was your third prospect that maybe could surprise some people?
1: Yeah. So again, you know how I am with these like three to one yeah. <laughs> situations. I kind of just, there's no like immediate. Yeah. And you doesn't know, have to be in order. Yeah. And just, and looking at the prospects as a whole, flyers are currently in 2023, their prospect pools ranked 14th. Um, across the nhl so you know kind of middle ground and while it's like okay like that's a really great metaphor for the state of the flyers now too like you don't really have a lot of prospects that are like the minute they get up there franchise changing it's just not the case right now but we do have some very promising players that i think fans could really get behind and get excited for the process of this rebuilding or maybe some really good trade chip elements and, you know, we'll go from there. So we're going to go, I'm going to start with a fairly obvious one um, with Bobby Brink. And I know people are going to be like, okay, there's, there's nothing surprising. We know he's a good player, but I believe that he has a lot that he wants to prove coming off of this last season. You know, he wasn't playing the first half of the season because of his hip injury. And he, he didn't return to play until January. And when he did, he collected uh, 28 points in 46 games. So that's, you know, it's all very promising. Um, and while things, he is such a smart player on the ice. And the only thing that really gets in his way is his skating. And I feel like he wants to prove so much more that he's ready. And I think that he's one of those few prospects that really does have an opportunity to crack that opening roster. Um, come October, I know that he had his little 10-game stint um, with the Flyers the previous season, and you just saw really great flashes of opportunity, his playmaking ability, his shot. and I just think this is a great season to watch him in terms of really just taking that next step with his game and his level of production. And I feel like he's also one of those few like near ready, like nearly at a hundred percent NHL ready prospects that we have in the system right now.
0: I feel like playing games is so valuable for prospects to the point where if you're Bobby Brank and you miss, you know, the first half of the season, you don't start playing until the calendar year flips Suddenly, you you kind of yeah you kind of dip a little bit and you're not talked about or written about as much yeah and that happened to Bobby Brink.
1: There was a lot of controversy too of you know why didn't he see any NHL time when John Tortorella was kind of flipping through a handful of prospects toward the end of the season and I was kind of on board with keeping him in Lehigh Valley and just continuing to build his legs under him again. And I think the swap between the AHL and NHL would have been too substantial when coming back from an injury of that magnitude.
0: Yeah. Torn labrum in his hip and he's a smaller guy. Like everyone knows that Bobby Brink is small. I believe he's like five, eight. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably in the one sixty pound range, maybe a little bit more than that, but small guy. Do you want to rush him into the NHL when he doesn't even have a full season of AHL experience yet? I didn't see any need to get him up with the flyers. Now next year, I think, you know, there's a reason why we're talking about him. Yeah, It's a guy that could flirt with the flyers roster. And uh, yeah, I just feel like he has definitely fallen under the radar because you, you hear more and more about the Tyson Foresters, the cutter go mm-hmm. guys that are already on the roster, like Morgan Frost, and Tippett. I feel like Bobby Brink's easy to forget. And um, a guy that led the country in scoring uh, a year ago in terms of uh, college hockey. So, Definitely a guy, I think, to to keep an high on, and I think a guy that's going to impress John Tortorella when he gets the opportunity, because obviously oh, yeah. he missed all of training camp last year. didn't get a chance to show Tortorella at all what he could do.
1: All right, Jordan Hall, who is your number one or number three, whichever way you're
0: going? So I'm going to go – yeah, I'll go through. Uh, I'll go with three, Brooke, and I have a kid that's definitely deeper down the depth chart. I don't think he's going to see – games with the Flyers next season, but I'm going to go Ethan Sampson, okay. um, who's a defenseman, six foot three, 183 pounds. He was drafted in the sixth round, uh, I believe in the 2020 draft, if I recall correctly, because uh, I believe that was the pandemic year. Um, kind of a late bloomer. He doesn't turn 20 years old until August, but he will be graduating from junior hockey to the pro level and really impressive kid. Just good upside. The Flyers have liked his upside ever since they drafted him. Good size, good length, sees the ice. He was a point per game player in the WHL last year. He had 60 points in 60 games. Um, So I think there's a lot of upside there. And whenever I saw him in rookie games or development camp, I was just really impressed with his ability to see the ice, make smart plays under pressure. Like he caught my eye. Uh, Typically when you see prospects at his age that are in the lower rounds, you see some offensive upside, but Mm -hmm. you see them definitely kind of succumb to pressure in the defensive zone and and kind of look rushed. He was just real solid and steady. I think there's a ton of promise there. So I think he's going to turn some heads down at Lehigh Valley. um, And maybe, maybe, towards the tail end of the flyer season, if they're not in the playoff race, which people probably aren't expecting them to be. No, maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe he gets a call up. Maybe he gets rewarded if he has a really strong year at the phantoms, but I think he's a guy to keep an eye on with the phantoms and really to see what he can do in his first full year at the pro level. We talked to his uh, junior coach, Mark lamb during last season. And he, he raved about him, said he has the full package can, can play power play. And of course, I think he, Uh, just with his size, I think he'll be able to defend once he kind of fully um, fills out and and realizes how to defend at this level. So I'm going to say Ethan Sampson, uh, a kid I think, will kind of um, definitely go under the radar because the Flyers have a lot of defensive prospects.
1: Yeah, and even just looking at his game, he's so young and to have that kind of calm, cool, collected element before even going pro is something that I feel like this team really needs like a calming presence on the ice and i love his ability to just kind of settle down the neutral zone yeah because um if there's any way to stop those neutral zone turnovers yeah i'm gonna be a happy camper yeah um so I feel like it bring, he brings a level of maturity. And like you said, once he really starts filling out and, you know, coming into his game even just a little bit more, he's going to be a really promising prospect that you're going to want to watch and you're going to be eager to get those updates on because, you know, not saying that the flyer season isn't going to be super thrilling this year, but it, it seems like a big season where a lot of eyes are going to turn to Lehigh Valley to see what can we look forward to in the future rather than what we're watching now.
0: That's so true. And he was only 19 years old last year in the WHO. And a point-per-game player at, in 60 games is nothing to scoff at. I think that's pretty impressive. Um, and we, when you're in the Flyers spot, or any spot really for any organization, you want to hit on you want to occasionally try to hit on like a fifth or sixth round pick. And this kid's a six round pick. If he can turn into a player of any kind, whether it be depth, you know, piece between Lehigh and the flyers, or maybe he eventually cracks the flyers lineup and becomes maybe like a third pair guy. Uh, that's a major victory. Uh, so six round pick to me, keep an eye on them uh, and we'll see what's in store for Ethan, Ethan Sampson. Cool. Cool. Catch all the sports action and more at Rivers casino, Philadelphia, Whether it's the money line or the pass line, there's something for everyone, including a great sports book. Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Philly loves a winner. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Brooke Destra, your second prospect to watch, or who could surprise, too.
1: Yeah, so again, this is a very back-and-forth prospect, and I feel like this season is going to be not a defining year, but I do see it being a bounce back season for him. And that's Zaid wisdom. Mm. Now he was able to play in the AHL during the COVID year because the OHL was suspended during the pandemic and really made this amazing immediate impression that had people like on the edge of their seats. Like, oh my God, this kid was just drafted and he's scoring six goals in his first seven games with the Phantoms. What's gonna happen? And it was great to see him get his feet wet pro league and then you know he returned back to the OHL and again had a pretty decent season coming off of a shoulder injury and then last year I feel like I don't even want to call it a second year slump with the AHL because that final OHL season was kind of sandwiched in between but he really kind of turned invisible this past year like his level of production went down significantly and hit three goals and seven assists in 45 games, which is just not up to par with what we were seeing from the past, you know, three years. And he's easily one of the most driven guys. I think that the Flyers have in terms of prospects. And I do think it's only a matter of time before he writes the ship. Um, And I think that again, like I was saying with like Bobby Brink coming back and him needing to, You know, show that there's more of him like to prove. I also think wisdom is also in that category of, I know I'm better than what I was putting out on the ice. Let's try and turn this thing around. Um, Now, I don't know if it was that shoulder injury that was kind of like lingering, but I just, I really do think that he writes the ship and becomes a name that people are going to be talking about again, more in a positive light than, well, what is he, what is he providing for this team?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like with, with his type of character and his story, like that was a kid.
1: You want to root for him. You want to root
0: for him. And it was surprising to see him kind of fall off a little bit last year. He even played in the ECHL with Redding. You just think he's, he's too driven and too determined that I think he, yeah, you, you really think a bounce back season could be in store the Flyers really love his character. They love his story. And yeah, he, like he, can, he kind of crashed onto the scene when he got that chance with the phantoms. It was mm-hmm. simply just a byproduct of the pandemic and the OHL not having any season came in and was just scoring goals. And everyone was like, wow, this kid is, you know, this like, kid, where did
1: he come from again? Yeah. When did we draft him? Oh my gosh. 20. Yeah, it was right. You got excited and then it kind of fell off a little bit. Yeah. And I don't think anybody's, Happy with that level of production, especially him. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited to watch him this upcoming season and just see how he kind of brings his game to that next level yeah. because he's not staying at 10 points for an entire season. It's just not happening. And his time with Reading, he's not going back down there. No. He's yeah, AHL and above. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.
0: Yes, I think the flowers are going to challenge him this summer to be in shape, be ready to go, and make an impression on John Tortorella and really take a massive step, like you said, become mm-hmm. a impactful player with the Phantoms again, and yeah, push for the NHL, uh, but a good kid, and you have to think that shoulder injury, definitely sent him back a little bit, uh, missed a lot of time because of it, um, so now I think he's trying to regain his footing at the pro level, but I, I would not doubt a player like Zay Wisdom. Like To me, be patient with him. Uh, I think he's got something to prove for sure. Oh, yeah. Brooke, my second prospect, uh, I'm going to look at another defenseman. And the reason for that is because John Tortorella made a point to say he feels like the Flyers can get younger on defense. He feels like they have a lot of youth up front now. Uh, not uh, not saying that they're not going to get younger up front, but he thinks the next area to kind of get some youth in there is defense. So I'm going Ronnie Adderd. Um, had a really good year with the Phantoms led them. Uh, led Phantom's defenseman goals and points last year. He had 12 goals. In his draft year at the UCHL, uh, he had 30 goals. Uh, now, obviously, different level, USHL, definitely uh, different, but 30 goals is uh, definitely grabs your attention, and he proved that he can score a little bit Yes. at the AHL <laughs> level. So if the Flyers are looking to get younger on defense, Ronnie Adder, I think, is going to be a really good option for them. I love his attitude. He's always smiling. He's always positive. He works hard. You can tell he wants to defend at this level in terms of being physical um, and stepping in there. He even fought during the preseason last year against an NHL regular in Ross Johnston um, that John Tortorella said (laughs) he thought Ronnie Adder deserved a couple more games after that. that. So I think he's a kid that's going to be knocking on the door, and one, they're going to maybe give some opportunity to. again has offensive upside, can score goals. Uh, the Flyers are always looking for offense and for goal scoring, and they want to get younger at that area. So I have a feeling righty shot Rodney Adder going to be knocking at the door a little bit, and a guy that may surprise us. I feel like we hear a lot about Cam York and Igor Zamola, mm-hmm. um, some other defensemen in the system. Rodney Adder, I think, could could uh, catch our attention, maybe open some eyes.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm all on board for adding – players who have the ability to score but he's also really good at just getting in those clear shooting lanes that like he's he's got a really great eye um at point and you want to be excited for that but also he's completely how do I want to phrase this he puts his position first yeah and I think that Yes, it's great when you have a 200-foot player and you have a two-way defenseman that really wants to contribute offensively, but he knows if he's got to fall back and protect our blue line, he's going to do that. Yeah. And I feel like that's just something that we so desperately need right now is that focus on your position. Yeah. And then when those like small opportunities come up where, you know, you can contribute offensively, like yes, I do think it's going to carry over, you know, to NHL in terms of offensive production, but he's going to do his job first. And that's almost like a really big sigh of relief, you know, because yeah. whew, I just, I just, I want to.
0: Well, you know, John Tortorella is he's defense first a lot, right? Yes. He gets,
1: that's why I'm team torts. Yeah. <laughs> it's y- you got to do the fundamentals first. You got to stick with the basics. Especially when you're in a rebuild, find the guys who fit the positions for what they're, like, what they're supposed to be. Right. And then you kind of branch out once everybody starts you know, meshing and flowing. Um, but yeah, I, I greatly enjoy Adderd, His like you said, his mentality and who he is as a guy really translates to his performance on the ice. And I think even in the sense of a rebuild, he fits in very nicely with this system yeah um so I think there's a pretty decent upside still to what we've seen even even after this past year.
0: and why I'm I'm particularly interested in him is because I don't really know like what he projects to be at the NHL level. I don't know if he's a second pair guy. I don't know if he's a third pair guy. Uh, could he be power play and that's it or could he not be a power play guy? could he PK a little bit? I, I think the flyers want to figure out exactly who he is. I think they're starting to figure him out with the phantoms. Really good first pro year. And uh, and again, a guy that's going to, I think, help everyone stay positive and want to be a part of this just the way he plays. But I think they want to figure out who he is at this level. I think he'll get the opportunity to, to show it. But Brook Destra, your top prospect that could surprise. Who is it?
1: Jordan Hall. Um, so, again, touching on a prospect who, in reality with the Flyers, is pretty much a top guy. Mm-hmm. Somebody that you're going to want to watch. He's we're going to talk about another defenseman. Um, but it's going to be his first full pro year with the Phantoms. Mm -hmm. And I feel like maybe he kind of fell off the radar a lot because he played overseas, but we're going to talk about Emil Andre. Yeah. And I just want to say Flyers fans, if you haven't watched his game, look out. Yeah. He's going to be a good one. Um, Again, another left-handed defenseman, strong hockey sense, and he has a laser vision when working from the point. I mean, he's just able to act so quickly. He's like three or four steps ahead, and I do think that's going to translate significantly. Now, we did get a little sense. He had a little 10-game stint with the Phantoms to wrap up the 2022-23 season, but Again, it's his first full pro year and coming off of um, his time in Sweden. I just think that his game is going to translate almost seamlessly to the AHL. And I think that this is a prospect specifically that Flyers fans are going to fall in love with in terms of his level of aggression and his style of play. Because again, kind of like Adder, he's somebody who, yes, he can contribute offensively, But at the end of the day, defense is his number one priority. And he is going to lock all windows and doors and make sure that his position is secured before he's going off and, you know, doing anything fancy, which he is capable of doing. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's a prospect that I think. Again, fits so well and is able to work in transition and offer up some high danger chances because of it and I feel like that's also something that Flyers fans really haven't seen lately is creating those high danger opportunities. It's just kind of very mellow back and forth and that level of aggression I think is really going to excite some people because he's bold and he's fearless and he's not afraid to kind of cause a little chaos. So I'm taking it and I'm running with it because any kind of excitement we have on the ice in the next couple of years, (laughs) woohoo.
0: And and I feel like a lot of Flyers fans probably haven't gotten a chance to watch him play because he played in Sweden. He played overseas. You just don't get a chance to watch him on television as much. So I think everyone's very eager to see what kind of player he is. Um, I think he'll be worth the trip to Allentown to see him with the Phantoms and his size caught Um, his size, I think opened a lot of eyes, not for the good reasons. He's, he's five, eight, five, nine. He's very small for a defenseman, but I heard from numerous people that he competes like anything. And they say he makes up for his size in the way he competes and the way he defends with his sticks. So, um, I'm really interested to see exactly how he defends at the pro level in North America, not overseas where the ice is a little bit bigger and, Uh, you know, the competition, I think everyone would agree is probably going to be a little higher, a little more physical up here uh, in the AHL and the NHL. Um, But again, a kind of a guy that you somewhat forget about because you hear so much about the guys that were on the Phantoms that are in North America and, and the guys that you just see more often. I think Andre's a guy that's going to be worth watching.
1: Yeah. And I also think it's also, it's really important to note that I feel like we've been talking about like height and size a lot and we need to also keep in mind that this league is getting smaller mm-hmm. and faster. We're not really in that like '90s big, bulky those kind of character characters. Well, there was a lot of characters in '90s, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, the game is getting smaller and faster. Yeah, and that's basically across the board. What we're talking about is all of these younger players that are going to have the ability to get the Flyers back in touch with the current level of the league and the current state. So some people might be concerned about their sizes, but I say give them the shot because, you know, they're going to be able to do some things that if, you know, you got a 6'4 defender, you know, in terms of transition and getting back, um, they may not be able to do as quickly as some of these smaller guys. So I'm – it's – Whatever gets the job done. Yes.
0: And you hear the Flyers talk ad nauseum about we need to improve our talent level. Uh, We need to get more high in talent. I think Andre helps their talent level. He's second round pick. There's skill there. As you mentioned, Brooke, he can pass, he can facilitate, he can move the puck. So I think he improves their talent level. Um, And that's important. I think I couldn't agree more. Sometimes you have to put the size thing aside. It's nice when a guy's six foot four and he's skilled, but, uh, I mean, Danny Breyer the GM of the team, is a pretty good example of size didn't matter as much, um, hockey IQ, and um, you know doggedness, and all that stuff probably mattered more, and that's why he was successful. Yeah.
1: All right, Jordan Hall.
0: Brooke, my number one, number one. is a forward this time. I went with two defensemen before. I'll go Elliot Desnoyers. Okay. I think he's a guy that the Flyers have been super high on. They just love the way he competes, the way he plays. And I thought he had a really good first pro year. He led the Phantoms in goals with 23. And when he got that reward uh, for how well he played down in Lehigh when he joined the Flyers for some games, you could tell John Tortorella really liked him. I think he just loved the way he plays up front. Kind of an opportunistic goal scorer, a guy that gets to the net, but is willing to defend and play a 200-foot game. Uh, just a real smart player. Um, fifth-round pick again these are guys you hope to hit on and find you know find some diamonds in the rough uh, part like excuse me for the cliche but sometimes you got to find guys in the 5th and 6th rounds and hope you hit on them to kind of push the rebuild forward um, i think denoyae is going to really push i think in training camp last year no one was expecting him to make the flyers everyone knew and probably penciled him in phantoms he's going to play for the phantoms uh, for his first year of pro hockey this year, I think he's going to have an opportunity to maybe take a job from somebody, win a job, impress John Tortorella, and see if he can crack the roster in the opening night or at least soon. Like pushing for the roster constantly with the Phantom. So um, I've just heard so many good things about him from yeah. people that are in that are in the organization. I've liked him um, ever since he started kind of turning heads at the junior level. Uh, so. I think Dino is going to be a kid uh, that will definitely surprise some people. Um, they need more high-end talent, the Flyers, but you need That's players. That's an understatement. Yeah, you, you need players like <laughs> Dino too, uh, that provide depth scoring and play the right way, too. So Dino I think, is going to be a kid to watch.
1: Yeah, and I think one of my my favorite elements of his game is something that stats don't even really pick up on it. He is so skilled when the puck is nowhere near him he just makes the right choices he just makes the smart choices and i know that it sounds so silly to be like yeah he's he's doing the basics it's hockey 101 but he's doing the basics and it's hockey 101 and it right. should be done right <laughs> so i almost his game is very selfless and i think if you're able to get him you know on a line with maybe one of the younger playmakers maybe um, I, I I think there's, there's a lot of potential for growth. Um, and yeah, I just, it's, it's so interesting when you're looking at the prospects because you're like, okay, there's not a lot to be excited about, but we just named six guys that kind of made me really like eager for this upcoming season, especially with the phantoms. Um, And like you were saying, like these are these are names that are really going to maybe draw a decent crowd up to Lehigh for a handful of games to kind of watch the future. And I am already kind of looking forward to you know the rookie games come you know training camp and um, you know just all of these like limitless possibilities. And like I said, at the end of the day, even if all six guys don't see the roster, you got some really great chips that might you know, sway the cards in terms of bringing in that kind of top production player that the Flyers so desperately need sooner rather than later. Um, And I like that we had a glass half full kind of podcast today. Yes. Like, I feel like, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's been not doom and gloom, but it's very, you know, gray area. Yeah. And talking about prospects kind of does get you excited. Yes, it's not an immediate fix overnight right. but it gets you excited for what is to come and what's there and thank you youth
0: yes yeah <laughs> and i th- i think we said um you know a lot of people doubt you know where the flyers stand and they they lack talent and all that stuff that we've said a ton but i do think they have some better ingredients than, than what they get credit for and um you know i'm a, a big believer that like prospects are prospects until they become players and these kids that we all mentioned have to become players before you can really praise them and say the Flyers, you know, were great in drafting them or acquiring them, however they did. But um, they have, they have some decent kids and they're going to be drafting at number seven uh, in June. So they're going to like, they're starting to add more talent again. And they do have some players that, that can potentially help them. Uh know might, you know, he, he might have a ceiling of like a second line guy. Maybe he projects as like a third line guy, but I don't want to miss, you know. I don't want to mislead people. I don't think he's like a th- a checker or a grinder. No, he can score a little bit. I mean, when he was in Halifax a couple of years ago, his final junior year, he had two four goal games, and it wasn't just flash. It was like going to the net, scoring the way you score in the NHL. Uh, two four goal games. He put up twenty three goals last year in his first year of pro hockey, uh, for a fantasy team that went to the playoffs. So, uh, you know, a kid that can score, but also. I think we'll win the trust of John Tortorello. Torello probably wants guys he can trust if he's gonna put a kid out there. I think Daniel Yeh can win the trust of the coaching staff rather quickly and really kind of knock on the door and try to, you know, get in this lineup and potentially help the Flyers rebuild. Uh yeah. that's what it's all about.
1: And it's it's important to note that it's like right now, anything is possible. You know, like yeah. nothing is off the table. So if he does come in and really shock people at training camp. There's no red light essentially saying, ah, let's send him to Lehigh. Let's see how he does down there. And worst case scenario, if an injury arises, we'll call him up. Yeah, he can make it right from the jump. Like there are more than enough roster spots right now where he can kind of shake things up. And, you know, even even like you said, bottom tier, as long as that's getting stronger, yeah, the who fl- knows.
0: And the Flyers I think are going to they're going to ooze with opportunity. Like uh, there's there's going to be a ton of chances for prospects to play because they are rebuilding. Like a team that's contending is going to add a bunch of depth in the offseason around, you know, a, a NHL lineup. The Flyers aren't going to do that. Uh, we we don't think they're going to do a whole lot in the offseason in terms of adding. We've talked about subtraction a ton. It's so, addition
1: by subtraction exactly for sure this offseason.
0: Exactly. Their depth is going to be prospects. It's not going to be uh, older, established guys um, for a contending team. Uh, this is a rebuilding team that's going to look at kids to to jump into the lineup and do some things. And uh, so I think the prospects are going to be very worth watching and talking about. Uh, I mean, we just listed six guys that could surprise. We didn't even list guys like Tyson Forster, Cutter Gauthier. I wanted
1: to keep those yes. off the list. Yeah, because I think
0: we know about them. Yeah, and I also um,
1: feel like they're almost like, I mean, in terms of tiers in Flyers prospects, they're right at the top. Yeah. Everybody knows them. Everybody's talking about them. Yeah. I was like, let's discuss some guys that might get people a little more excited where it's like, okay, what they have two, two, three good prospects in the system. Right. No, like there's, there's a pretty decent, I mean, it, it does kind of fall off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, once you hit like 10 players, it, but you know, it happens across the league. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just, I thought it was important for us to touch on some guys that maybe there was no sense of, like, awareness of how good they were, how ready they were in terms of going pro or, you know, maybe making their first full season with the Flyers. Yeah, yeah, like I said, very glass half full for once, which is great because I like being optimistic. I like being excited instead of doom and gloom. Yes,
0: exactly. (laughs) This is uh a. I feel like the off season is always kind of like the honeymoon stage where it's just like, everything's kind of positive. You're not really being crazy negative yet. or Yet is the key word. <laughs> Exactly. So, uh, yeah, we figured why not dive, dive a little deeper into the prospects, not talk about the headliners. Um, and I'm glad we did, Brooke. That was fun. And we'll continue to cover it more. I think we're going to get, much further into the actual prospects in this draft and who the Flyers might pick. So we're excited to do that as well. Heck yeah. But very fun talking about prospects in-house. Brooke Desha, thank you so much as always. Great seeing you. Great chatting with you. Thanks, Julian. A high. big thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer and guru. And Flyers fans, of course, as always, thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we can't wait to talk to you next time. <laughs>